0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdTonowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetralt-Blade. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle.
1: welcome back to another episode of once upon the turnbuckle and if you are listening to this then I take it you like wrestling podcasts, which is how you discovered me if you do then you may probably be familiar with my guest this week um if not you will be afterwards and i uh, i dare say you'll be hunting his podcast down so uh, i've uh, I'm thrilled to to welcome a fellow wrestling podcaster troy Adams from the main event marks podcast hello sir
0: hey how's it going
1: all good all good how are you over there
0: oh not bad it's uh it it's spring sort of but uh i live in ohio so uh, anybody from uh the midwest and united states knows uh spring still gets kind of cold out here (laughs) sometimes
1: it does over in the uk you know we 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 have rain pretty much all year round at some point this is uh, oh yeah we're, we're enjoying the sunshine at the minute just uh just a shame we can't go out and enjoy it as much as we want to
0: yeah you guys don't tan you rust <laughs>
1: that's it i like that i like that yeah i um so thank you for coming on this is this is going to be really really fun for me because i uh i've just um started sort of delving into your podcast and we'll we'll delve into the podcast in sort of more detail as we go along but it's you, you you seem very much like me you're an old school fan um, yeah have, have you got take us back to when you you first discovered wrestling let's go right back to the beginning what was it that what moment or who was it that uh, sort of pulled you in
0: well my dad has been kind of like a casual uh, I mean the last I don't know a couple of decades he hasn't really paid attention but uh, my dad was always kind of a casual wrestling fan. He attended um, a, a lot of shows back in like the eighties and yeah, I'd say the eighties um, back when uh, anybody from America or anybody who's watched uh, classic WWF events might know Richfield Coliseum yeah. outside of Cleveland and Ohio. And he would, he would go to that with, uh, with buddies and he saw Andre the giant and, wow. and demolition and the heart foundation and all of them. And when I was uh, seven, yeah, late 1997, he, I don't know if you remember or if, I, I don't even know if they aired over in the UK, but they had uh, Saturday and Sunday morning kind of recap shows, Live Wire and Superstars.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's, that's yep. pretty much what I started off with. Yeah, I was, um, let me see, how old was I? I was sort of 11, 12 when we first got like cable Sky TV over here. And it was Mania, Superstars, Action Zone. That were there when I um, when I was able to watch it, but yeah, Live Wire and Shotgun Saturday Night and stuff followed. So yes.
0: yep, did yep. And I was up, uh, you know, early on a Saturday as a little kid. And, uh, my dad was like, "Ah, eh, you're old enough," and you know, so he, he let me watch some some of that with uh, with him. And it was Saturday morning, so they you know they had to keep it semi clean, you know, for the most yeah. part, even during the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. and uh so i, I got introduced it, to it that way and then uh raw was always on nine to ten and my my or excuse me nine to eleven and my bedtime at that time was was like 10 so i could only watch the first hour of raw okay. and then i had to record the second hour on vhs and watch it on tuesdays and uh yeah and honestly um the the original channel smackdown was on i'm I'm jumping a little bit into the future here Mm. but the original channel smackdown was on upn it was a uh like basic uh, local channel or network Mm. tv but uh you could only you couldn't get it everywhere right that so where i was at the time when it started my dad ran an antenna up in our basement he ran it like through the rafters so we could get like a halfway decent picture and that's the only way we could watch smackdown and that one came on from eight to ten so i i was always able to watch all of smackdown but it was kind of like it it looked like if anybody remembers um trying to steal pay-per-view back in the day where you tuned it in (laughs) just perfect it almost looked like that but just slightly better
1: Oh, brilliant. See, It's it's interesting to hear from someone. So there's, there's that little already, I, I know there's a little bit of an age gap between me and you. So I was seven right. when I got into it, but this was 1991. So I think sl- obviously what we grew up with in that sense at that age slightly different. What was it like as a kid growing up with the Attitude Era, pretty much what you submersed yourself in first?
0: Uh, well, I grew up with... Um... Uh, because when I started watching wrestling at the time, my dad uh, moved. We we moved around a lot. My because my my mom was a teacher, so she could kind of go wherever. But my dad was a uh, he. He just got graduated college when I was five, so he didn't start his career until I was five. And we moved to Arkansas for a while for uh, a little over two years, and we we my my mom was like uh very christian and whatever so she wasn't super fond of a lot of the the programming she went back and forth on whether or not i should watch there were certain things that she flat out didn't want me to watch but we had even stricter christians that lived uh two doors down that were friends of mine and they were not allowed to watch WWF. Right. Their their parents only let them watch WCW, which wasn't, m- like, way, way better. But you didn't have, you know... Yeah, there's, uh,
1: a, there's a certain edge, I think, the Attitude Era had over WCW at the time. Right. But both tried to push boundaries, but the WWF definitely got away with a lot more, I would say. Right.
0: Well, WCW, they were they tried to be more realistic, I think, and they did goofy stuff, you know, here and there. But you didn't have stuff like in the WWF, uh, bra and panties matches constantly. Oh, yeah. you, you didn't have uh, their big thing was like Stone Cold with Austin three sixteen thing. They didn't like and you oh, know right. different stuff like that. Whereas, and and they weren't you know dropping big you know like tons of swear words and stuff right. like that in WCW so it was as as a kid it was kind of difficult to navigate some of that and I tried to watch when you know whenever I could when my my mother wasn't around like and I ended up having to do that with like South Park and stuff too so I, I got pretty good at it
1: <laughs> that was it was a great era to be around I think you know um, any kind of age back then because it wasn't just the WWF they like mentioned South Park you know TV you know culture was really sort right. of starting to yeah, test I say test some boundaries and that. So uh, who who was it if you were to nail it down to a particular superstar back then, was there one that really hooked you in to say, actually, yeah, you know, I I, I am now a massive wrestling fan or whatever because of that.
0: Uh yeah, I mean, a, I was a big, like a really big fan from the start of the three I can name right off the top of my head were Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, and Bret Hart. But the the one that hooked me and I was like, okay, I want to watch every week to see his segments in particular was The Undertaker.
1: Okay, okay, that yeah. wasn't where I thought you were going with that. Actually, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, he he was uh, he hooked me just because I don't know. My mom always she was like i don't get it like you always like the villains and stuff in movies (laughs) i said because they got the cooler outfits the cooler uh they they got the 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 best things to say in the script and undertaker was usually a good guy he wasn't a heel Mm -hmm. but at the same time he was dark gritty he was supernatural he was big and imposing he had tattoos all down his arms i mean he, he was a cool character yeah. and I, it was hard not to get into that. And then once I started getting into him is when Kane debuted. So mm-hmm. that added an extra layer to it. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's his brother. And they had the, that looking back on it, some of the, their feud is a little silly. Like him digging up their parents and yeah. choke slamming Undertaker through the yeah. through the casket.
1: When when they started but, to bring actual sort of death storylines into it and, and things like that was just a bit odd. You know, they they did yeah. it with the big show I remember as well, where I think his feud oh, with the Boss Man. man. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Enough said about that. I think the bad effort, uh... <laughs> That
0: was that was goofy as all yeah. hell.
1: But I I get what you're saying about the bad guy thing because I, I mean, when growing up in the early 90s, I suppose the heels you had back then. They weren't as cool. I think you had some that you yeah. would love to hate, but you couldn't really get behind them because you just didn't like them. And then, sort of towards the end of the 90s, and that, yeah, you had some really, I mean, Austin, you know, rode the line um, for quite a while. You know, you didn't know whether he was heel or, or face or, or what he was. I think right. he, it, for me, he was the one that kind of turned me to, you know, heels can be cool to to sort of look out for because they actually, they, they are the most entertaining.
0: Well, most of the, most of the heels in WWF were painted. I mean, I think the only one that really pops into my mind, that was like, you know, he still had his supporters as a heel was like macho man Mm. in the WWF. Yeah. Whereas WCW always kind of had, they were like, well, they're heels, but you know, like Ric Flair Mm. after a certain time, it's like, I mean, even when he was the worst of the worst heels, whatever the Four Horsemen had people cosplaying as them out in the crowd oh, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. So they had them. Um, I'm trying to. I think Great Muda had had his his um, supporters, and they he's... had other ones too. Hmm. So they they always WCW was more like, yeah, it's a heel. We're not gonna play like he's not a heel. Yeah. But they still get cheered and they do have their supporters in the crowd whereas wwf made it so it's like there's no way you could ever possibly like this guy in any way shape or form
1: no no whether they were just goofy whether they were just smarmy just they just they were characters as well i'm thinking sort of really the 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 year that springs back to mind for me was probably 1992 that's when i really um started discovering a, a bit more for myself you know about yeah, WWF and that, so it brings you back to villains like the Mounty and Kamala. And you know, they're not guys that you could really shout about, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Mounty fan because he wasn't really the coolest guy around. But, um, right when you're looking at, yeah, Undertaker, Kane, even Mankind, I think, you know, when he came in, even when he started his WWF run, he was cool because,
0: yeah. Pe- yeah. people booed him for a minute but then mm. i mean it's like when he's getting the crap beat out of him and sacrificing himself every single night and just exactly. he was doing cool stuff it's mm. there's only so much booing you can do of him yeah. i mean you look at like he was going up against Shawn michaels at um the oh, mind, games mind games pay-per-view, yeah. Yeah. yeah and people really i mean yeah they booed him because he was heel but at the same time people liked him and if he would have won i don't think it would have been a visceral reaction and been like oh well that's kind of cool
1: i think that would have been risky for them to have done that because yeah just right. for that very reason and then they wouldn't have been prepared for that i don't think it would have gone against everything you know for anyone to cheer anyone beating Shawn michaels at that
0: point i think ecw and i'm not a fan of ecw but i think ecw was one of the barrier breakers as far mm. as like oh I would never expect him to win the world title or Mm. whatever title. So I think they're the first, because WCW always had, it's like you kind of knew, you didn't know who was going to win every title match, but you kind of knew it's like, yeah, he'll never be world champion. Yeah. And kind of same in WWF. He'll never be the world champion until I'd say 90, 98 is probably the first year of really where they were like, maybe we should, You know, kind of expand our horizons.
1: Started taking risks on other people, didn't they? And yeah, Yeah. ninety-nine was odd. They they just seemed to be flip-flopping titles on everyone. Right. That's that's when, for me, the Intercontinental title just you know went down in everyone's estimation because everyone seemed to be winning it in the first half of the year.
0: Yep, and the hardcore title was. I mean, it was fun, but it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: I really respected the European title when it came out as well because of the way they did it. They had that tournament in in Germany and it was won by the Bulldog and he had a run with the belt for quite a number of months. And, you know, it seemed to mean something. It never really took off as a major title, but I think the way it ended up in the end was it was a bit of a joke.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Shawn Michaels, they they had him beat the Bulldog in England.
1: I was there Uh, for that.
0: oh wow i'm sure you just loved that
1: (laughs) i was a massive shawn michaels fan at the time so yeah i did a whole episode for for this uh, a few weeks back and i explained that yeah i was the only one in the block of the arena i was in that seemed to be cheering when he won yeah
0: i it was odd i just i just hated the way they did it because they were like well do you want us to make it obvious who wins like sometimes that's fine yeah like if if it's obvious sometimes that's not a bad thing Mm because bulldog dedicated it to dedicated the match to his then his wife have can't oh his sister with his cancer, sister that's cancer, right yeah 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 and she A was there as
1: well in the front row i think is
0: yeah yeah he had all of his family there mm. and and it was you know it would it seemed great and they have him lose to Shawn michaels in england for the title and mm. then sean did absolutely nothing with it except no. bury it on tv
1: yeah, he laid down, didn't he, for Triple H. Yeah. Yeah, I think Triple H was he, – he he brought a little bit more respectability back to it than than Shawn Michaels did for a time, but it, it never really then had a, a decent I, – I don't think it, it was really taken that seriously once the Bulldog lost it.
0: No. Yeah, I mean, Shawn even on TV, um, I can't remember, or a pay-per-view interview – i can't remember which one it was it might have been bad blood Mm. um where he said um well you know i'm just thankful that tonight's match uh isn't for my very prestigious Mm. european title and he's like thank god there
1: you go you know just you might as well just dig a hole in the ground and stick it in there yeah
0: yeah. it was garbage at that point it was it was like when uh like in TNA where Eric Young found the old uh, TNA title in the garbage and he's, and he started carrying it around.
1: Yeah, didn't Jim Duggan did that in WCW with the TV title as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. pulled that out of the dumpster. It's like,
1: why? You know, these, about especially the TV title, when you consider the history with that, you know, people like Arn Anderson, again, spring to mind straight away, yep. you know, and, and that was worth something when I, when I grew up, it was, you know, you had guys like Steve Austin feuding over it and everything, you know, and then, yeah,
0: Stephen Regal, uh, I mean, if you watch ninety four, ninety five, mm. Stephen Lord, Stephen Regal, that I mean, he would put on clinics in matches for that, and yeah. and uh, Johnny B Bad, and and just uh, and other people, uh, mm. Brian Pillman, you know mm. these these great matches for the yeah. for the TV title,
1: mm. and
0: uh, Russo just thought it was a joke,
1: yeah. and then he re-
0: and like I said, he repeated it. It wasn't quite as bad because they still had. The tna title they just redesigned it yeah yeah. Uh, but but and eric young found the old design title that somebody tossed away and he'd start carrying around like a weirdo yeah. but
1: <laughs> i never massively got into tna i gotta admit they did oh um, man they, <laughs> they see i it's probably around about sort of 2000 2001 that i I started. I stopped really keeping up with with wrestling as a whole, sort of regularly. So I didn't really see the rise of TNA. They did broadcast it over in the UK for a time that I could see it, but I, I was never really massively into it. I had. I, I was more into it when it was linked to the NWA. More, um, oh yeah. More obviously, you know, they had the NWA title belt and, and that. I was. Uh, it felt more old school. You
0: know, yeah, on main of. Well, on main event on main event marks me and uh me and my co-host greg were uh we actually bonded originally years ago over tna because uh we we had met each other through a mutual friend playing online games on xbox and and then we started talking about i found out he was a wrestling fan and he found you know and we started talking about uh different stuff we like and both of us were huge tna fans back in the day and I fell out of it around, I think 2014 was the last time I really watched on any consistent basis. Yeah. And I don't even think I was watching all the time then. Uh, it might have been sooner than that, I, but I, I want, I'm going to say 2014. Because once, once they started shifting from TNA to Impact Wrestling is when mm. I care. I stopped caring. Yeah, But TNA, I liked it. Uh, I, I don't think it always had the greatest whatever but I, there was a lot to enjoy. I liked a lot of the roster Hmm. and we've, I've, I've uh, recently uh, found all this, this treasure trove of old TNA pay-per-views and we had done a review. Our first TNA show we ever did for the, for the podcast was we reviewed bound for glory 2010 when uh, if anybody knows anything about TNA, it's when uh, Hulk Hogan and, and Eric Bischoff had debuted like uh, January of that year. Mm. And we went all the way to October and Sting was Sting. And I think he had Kevin Nash with him. They were the the bad guys because they went against Hogan and Bischoff. Right. And they were like, they're they're not good guys. They're bad guys. We're the good guys. But mm. at the same and and nobody believed them. And then in October at Bound for Glory, they said, no, we are the bad guys. And they helped Jeff Jarrett win or uh, Jeff Hardy win the world title. Jeff Hardy became a heel for the first time and like ever. And it was uh, it it was a big thing. And Mm -hmm. it was the the show as a whole wasn't great, but it was fun. And just that main event alone, the main event was really good. And just a storyline reveal of it's like, oh, immortal is here, you know, and uh, that was a new heel stable, right. and uh, well, that's that's actually our most listened to podcast ever, and it was a bonus show.
1: Oh, wow, okay, did. that's good, guy.
0: Yeah, so we we've started doing more TNA shows, trying to comb them in. Hmm. Uh, like like April is uh, is lockdown month, so we're doing two lockdown anniversaries. Okay. And and we're trying. I'm trying to get more in there, like slam aversaries and, and the the big ones.
1: Yeah, I we'll move on and talk about your podcast then because I um I like I said I've just started listening to it as well in, in sort of you know preparation for this and I, mm-hmm. I I really really love it because oh thank you. Um, when I first discovered podcasts, it was the it was really it was wrestling podcasts that sort of turned me on to you know got me to discover even more podcasts, and it was um um comrade thompson's ones that i first listened to you know oh yeah i think grilling jr was the first western podcast to pop up on spotify as like a recommended listen so Ah. and i i absolutely love i I started off by loving what he was doing because he was taking deep dives into stuff that i remember watching you know he was either taking angles Mm -hmm. or he was taking pay-per-views which is what i was really most interested in is listening to the story behind the pay-per-view and getting other people's takes on, uh, you know, what was going on. And I think listening to yours out of all the ones I've listened to since then, yours is probably one of the ones that really sort of took me on that journey because what you do, I mean, I'll let you explain, explain a bit more about it, but what I, what I can see anyways, you, you do a lot of these deep dives into actual, you know, pay-per-view events and sort of dissect and review them, talk around them. Yeah. It's it, as well as taking me back, you know, memories wise to some of the ones I used to love watching when I uh, when I was growing up. It's great to hear other fans talking about the same thing from a different angle, if that makes sense.
0: Right, yeah, and that was kind of our whole thing because yeah, Conrad's whole thing, and it's I I fell ass backwards into that stuff because mm-hmm. I used to like to watch and I still do on occasions. They have shoot interviews on on youtube yeah and i would i would watch those and bruce pritchard's kept popping up and i was like oh he has a a full podcast Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and after i watched every single and it it took it wasn't like all you know binge watching but within a a few weeks i i watched every single clip he had on youtube and i said well maybe i'll just give his full podcast a try and i got into that and then you know, conrad obviously started getting more and more my favorite one now is 83 weeks with eric bischoff
1: i yeah it, i i started off i i went i gravitated over to that when i discovered it was there because again mm-hmm. he, he followed the pattern at the beginning of the story of of the monday night wars and everything and it was really interesting then right i, th- I think what stopped me listening to him firstly the, the episodes got way too long um they did um some of them yeah some of them do you know gone, Like if i see one for like three hours i probably don't even give it a, a try to be fair because i'm it's, it's gonna probably take me a week to listen to it right but, but they started going off on tangents where you know they would talk about like one superstar in particular who um for me probably didn't warrant the whole show you know so it didn't really pull me in and that i was more i wanted to hear of his memories or what was going on when he was there right um sort of thing but no i i i much rather listen to eric bischoff than jim ross if i'm honest
0: well i think jim is my i mean if i bruce has fallen down the the tree for me just because his his shows you can tell he's overworked in wwe Mm. so i feel like the quality's fallen a little bit with his podcast yeah but uh jim ross is always fun and to listen to because he's he's of the age now and in an employment position where he doesn't give a crap. Yeah. So I,
1: I do like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And I like that. It, it sounds Eric- like,
1: it sounds like a, b- a bit bitter in some of it. I, I, I guess I right. suppose he started to sound a bit more bitter. I was listening to that, um, that sort of era of grilling JR when I was just discovering 83 weeks, I suppose. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd rather listen to Eric kind of, you know, talk about what yeah. he was talking about, but Yeah.
0: And, yeah. and there's a lot of, and I loved Eric's podcast. I still do because, and, and I'll be honest, I, I cheat a little bit because I, <laughs> I have an iPhone and I listen on um, uh, Apple podcasts mm-hmm. and it has a feature where I can speed it up to like oh, one okay. and a half times. <laughs> and he, he talks at a speed, some podcasts you can't do it because the guy naturally speaks so fast. You, mm-hmm. you can't understand what they're saying. But him, he speaks at a, him and Conrad speak at a speed where if you speed it up one and a half times, it's you're not missing anything and and everything sounds pretty good True. yeah so if it's a three hour show i can cut it down to an hour and a half mm, and i'm okay and uh I, i'll do that because yeah i'm not gonna sit there for three hours i i tried yeah. that and i just it would like you said it took me days to get through yeah. and and that's why um uh getting getting back to to my show i try to keep it i mean i think our longest episode that we've done we at the beginning we had a really long one night. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was about an hour 40, but I think our longest episode in recent memory was like an hour and 38 minutes. Hmm. Be- and it was, it wasn't even a good show. Like the the show we covered, it wasn't even a good show, but there was so much detail to get yeah. into as far as the news and the event itself and kind of getting into it. I think it was a uh, ECW's living dangerously 2000.
1: Okay.
0: And, we did not even neither one of us are ECW fans. Mm. Uh, I can I can stomach it. My co-host has flat out asked me, he was like, Can you quit booking ECW shows? <laughs> I I I hate watching them. And I told him I said, Well, the reason I do it is because there is an audience out there for it, mm. and most of our ECW shows do get hits, whether mm. it's people they're like, Oh, nobody's covered this before and I'm a fan, mm. or on the flip side, they go. Man, you know, they know how we feel about it. And they're like, oh, he's going to crap on it. So I want to I want to listen. Mm. Now, we don't seek out the shows going. We're going to watch this and we're going to dump all over it. But we're <laughs> honest. Yeah. So and and for people that don't know the format, we we, I will admit I, I got inspiration from Conrad Thompson for this. I mean, he's the first one I ever heard do it like this. Mm. But I, I find old um, I, I go through old observer newsletters and um different other websites as well Mm. and i collect not current news but news from like a two-week span around the event we're covering
1: i i really like that and again yeah without mentioning it that's something i i did quite enjoy of comrades and as soon as i heard you do it that's really what what pulled me in because the amount of research even just to hunt those out
0: oh my gosh yeah it's got to be quite sizable yeah it's and it's it's nice because i found what i i found uh you know all the places i need to go for the news some some shows a little harder than others to dig up stuff Mm -hmm. uh but i i try to get a good portion of news like our last podcast we just dropped was on uh spring stampede 1994 which is the very first ever spring stampede Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i i i was looking at the time when i was when i actually posted it and I always listen back just to because I used to be on the radio and I'm very anal about how everything sounds or whatever yeah. and I always want to improve so I listened back to it and I said more than half of this episode was us analyzing the news from the time <laughs> which is fine I don't mind that that's actually mm. I mean I love analyzing the events but the news is really fun to get into yeah
1: yeah especially with,
0: okay. yeah and, and especially getting into like the wrestling observer stuff you always got editorial bull crap from from dave uncle yeah. dave Meltzer that he tries to pass off as fact yeah, yeah and and some of it you can look at and say okay well i mean he kind of saw where that was going and that's you know it's funny that he thought that at the time and other times it's like dude you were so far off the mark and you were so confident in what you were saying that it's we just have to laugh at you yeah you know so i mean there was a lot of that yeah
1: you made one comment just just quickly in that episode that I I actually quite liked, where you were talking about Dave Meltzer and I don't know if it was you or your co-host one of the two said you mm-hmm. wouldn't go you wouldn't go up to Bill Aptor and accuse him of um, not telling the truth basically right Which yeah it's that's a name you don't hear in all of all the comrade stuff I don't want to keep bringing it back to him but but that's he's mo- the most kind of prominent wrestling podcast series out there.
0: Yeah, he does and I, always I think, bring
1: it back to him, doesn't they? To to Dave Meltzer,
0: I think it's because after I, I want to say after kind of packed it in after a while, and and he he didn't go as in depth as people like um, Meltzer and and Keller and all them did, mm. and I, I don't know he he was he was respected in what he reported though, and yeah, no nobody has bad word that I've seen, nobody's mm-hmm. ha- ever had a bad word to say about Bill After, yeah. but when you get people like I mean Meltzer was really the first and somebody pointed out before they said the only reason he's still relevant now is because he made his name years ago before he could really be disproven and all these podcasters can come out and say that never happened, he's full of crap
1: mm-hmm.
0: he made he's made his name then mm-hmm. so he's still relevant now even though he's still pushing crap yeah
1: it's, it's 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 tabloids isn't it really i mean in some parts of the world you know this country's probably uh um guilty of it as well Is you know tabloid news is what you read most of because it's the most sensational yeah. it's the one that gets the most reactions and the most attention you know if you I, if you spew facts out there all the time they you know, people are going to get tired about it
0: I feel like he, uh, he's, and he did this before it was fashionable. Like now, you know, the thing here, like, and I'm, I think it's just worldwide, but like here in America, you know, somebody says, well, the news said this. And I said, yeah, but I have counter news that says the exact opposite. Like you can't trust anybody. Like I, I take all news with a grain of salt, you know, about anything anymore, because everybody has an agenda. Nobody's unbiased. Nah. And it's, it's always been that way in wrestling news and melt Meltzer just thrived on that. And he didn't. And the thing was, I, if he flat out said, yeah, I have an agenda, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I, you know, I respect that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't like it, but I respect you saying yeah. it, but he says, no, 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 no. I'm objective. And I'm a, I'm a journalist and you yeah. need to respect me. Like, no, no, you're not. You said, and i don't know if this is real or not but like on the on the spring stampede episode mm-hmm. i said he he had a really racist line about great muda who he's a fan of by the way where he <laughs> said or he said you know uh i go to america take steroid get big and it's like so the only way he could gain muscle mass is by doing yeah. drugs yeah yeah like, come on yeah no, that was, and, and, again it's back, just I, offensive
1: but yeah i mean i, I suppose he was jumping on some kind of bandwagon because that's the kind of time that steroids and wrestling were unfortunately in the in the same breath too much
0: so, yeah you know, and, it's, and it's he easy. very well may have been mm. but it's just you know he's he's insinuating as a you know like well i know for a fact and like yeah. no you don't yeah.
1: You just you, you need a story. I mean, I, I've I've heard as well that obviously all these journalists, they've got their sources and everything. But, you know, if if it is true, the kind of people that were feeding into Meltzer. Um, right. Probably not really people that you would anyone else would really trust what came out of the mouth. With, but, you know.
0: and, and in our news segments, we don't try to bash on any reporter no. or, or anything else. But I mean, there are some cases where, you know, it's like it's uh, something something I saw was just so stupid that we we have to comment on the stupidity yeah. of the reporting. Yeah. And and we're, we're not going in there with you know trying to find this, but at the same time it's like it's it's stupid and funny all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we comment on it. And and I've gotten a lot of comments before right? you said you like the, the news and everything. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah we do it from a fans perspective same as the uh the 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 event review. Yeah. We're doing it And we even say that, you know, that's why we were the main event marks. We're we're not insiders. We don't know anybody. We're marks. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff is from our perspective and what we lived through. Yeah. At either at the time or looking back. And we try to put other people in that mindset of, you know, that's why we do the news first. Mm -hmm. It's like this, this was the wrestling world at this point in time. Try to, you know, and you get your mindset of what it was. So, you know, what's coming in the event,
1: particularly if people either haven't seen the event or, or can't remember or whatever, they weren't a fan of that era. It's, it sets the scene still. So you could understand, it makes more relevant what you're talking about when you discuss the event, I suppose.
0: Right. Yeah, and you're not going to remember, and you're not going to remember everything either. No. So, I mean, I always call Greg the uh, walking wrestling encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. And he he does remember a lot of you know he can pull facts out of his butt like i've never seen before <laughs> but and i can to a certain extent yeah but there is a lot of the stuff it's you know he'll he's even said it on the podcast i'll start in with a story and he goes oh my gosh i forgot about this <laughs> it's but,
1: great yep. it's it's a great thing about not only listening to to podcasts like this or, or you know even doing them like i do i do pretty much a similar kind of thing to you i my whole reason for doing this podcast was to kind of relive my memories of it. You know what I remember yeah. from these things, but you know, being able to tell other people from your perspective what was going on, but also then, as a podcaster, discovering other podcasts that remind you of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's the beautiful right. thing about this whole community. You know, it's it's almost like the sharing of not only information but it's the sharing of experiences. It's uh, I, I love you know it's just like having you on here to to give your perspective of your podcast you know it's um
0: yeah and it's and it's fun to relive the stuff you know either put yourself in that mindset or Mm. um you know you know just uh like we reviewed I think the most recent show we've ever reviewed was um SummerSlam 2015 and the only reason we went right to that besides the fact we just liked the show Hmm. Uh, and it was an historic show as if anybody remembers, it was like the first ever four hour, uh, SummerSlam.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and it was when they first started, it was the first one they did in Brooklyn when they started that like span of like every SummerSlam for a few years was in Brooklyn and Greg and I were there for, we, we went for a week and just checked out New York. We were at the very first ever takeover. Wow. Uh, We were at SummerSlam. We went to RAW the next night. I mean, it was it was it was fun. That's
1: pretty cool. That's very was, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love as much as I love hearing people's yeah you know, memories of what they grew up with and what they watched. I've done a few episodes recently, particularly when by the time this one comes out, um, talking to, to fans as well about things they've seen live because it really interested me. Mm-hmm. I've only been to one show, the one that I I mentioned earlier, and I've always been very jealous of people that have been to these big shows have seen these big events and it's made me wonder you know what was it like from their perspective to see these things so right um i mean are are there any other ones you notable that you've any other moments or events that you've seen live Apart, yeah
0: uh i got really lucky because uh greg loves to before the pandemic hit he would go to a lot of shows whether he had to fly out for it or whatever Mm. uh but he uh he would all he would invite me along whenever he could and uh, if I could, if I had the money and the time, I'd, I'd zip out there. And we went to um, I, uh, the the very first. I mean, I've been to minor shows before mm-hmm. that. Like I went to a TNA house show in like t- 2009, 2010, something like okay. that. And then uh, I went to. I was at Ring of Honor's best uh, best of the best tournament to the 2011. Uh, that was at the date, the Dayton fairgrounds in Ohio. That was, uh, the finals, I think were Michael Elgin versus Kyle O'Reilly. So that, that was fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got to see, uh, they were, I got to see another ring of honor show when, when AJ had, I, I don't, I think he had, it was right before, right after yeah, it was right before he went to Japan, um, before WWE. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was doing some ring of honor stuff and I got to see him versus Chris Hero
1: oh wow okay um
0: yeah that was that was really fun um and then uh oh i'm trying to say oh uh obviously the SummerSlam shows i talked about in 2015 mm-hmm. uh i went to russell mania 34 uh with greg we did we went there to new orleans for a week and did access uh, mania takeover wow. uh raw smackdown so tons of shows there and then uh, we went to Survivor Series 2019 in Chicago because I'm within driving distance of Chicago. I think it was like a five-hour drive for me. Okay. So I I drove out. We went to War Games and Survivor Series, and we wow. and I had to. The thing that sucked was uh, right after Survivor Series, we we were our hotel was like across the street from the arena. So we walked back to the hotel. I grabbed all my stuff, and I had to drive back because I had to work the next day. <laughs> so that uh that sucked, but but it was well worth it because I mean it was War Games and and Survivor and uh, yeah Survivor Series,
1: Survivor Series and War Games. You know that's that's t- that, that's um the concepts that have really stood the test of time. I know yeah War Games wasn't around for a long time before NXT brought it back, but you know to be able to still say that you you bore witness to. To those, I think still impressive. Yeah, I, I, and I a Survivor well, Series, definitely one of my favorite concepts. Too, I'm glad it is still around in some form or fashion.
0: Oh, for sure. And I'm not sure if you remember um, when Chris Jericho won the AEW title, and you remember it got stolen from him?
1: Yeah. I yeah. It was at that.
0: a. It was at a Long uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ate at that. I I was. Greg and I were talking about because I didn't even think about it. We were mm-hmm. sitting there. He said i think this is where jericho got his title stolen <laughs> <laughs> because it was wow. it was attached to the if anybody knows the rosemont chicago area there um it's attached to the hotel we were staying at right and and like i said it was right across the street from the arena so i'm only, i'm assuming that's the one that jericho ate at and <laughs> and uh, <That's- laughs> greg was saying he was like i wonder if somebody's gonna get their belt stolen in here too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just
1: check around unless it's a championship belt you're probably safe but it's a, yeah what, right. know, what a random thing not random i suppose but what an opportunistic thing to do you know when, yeah. I, when i read about that i thought oh fair game you know fair enough for someone for trying i suppose but yeah
0: yeah and i think they they said they found it like somewhere on the side of the road or wherever the dude just left <laughs> it i'm like so you stole it and then like what you find out that it's like oh i'm you know i might actually get caught for this and they yeah. and just like left it you
1: you would you would like to think it was more that rather than you know they weren't a wrestling fan they just made off with something that looked shiny and then they realized what it was and thought well uh, you know
0: yeah they're like whoa <laughs> it's only gold plated yeah, I, so I don't want that. i don't want that yeah
1: i mean that's that's not a small belt to kind of you know make off no. with either, so.
0: yeah it's, you can't be inconspicuous walking into no. a pawn shop with that thing <laughs> idiot <laughs>
1: idiot absolutely yeah so going back to your podcast just briefly um it's uh, you mentioned earlier on that you you cover shows that you weren't of, you know that you weren't necessarily either familiar with or fans of or anything how do you mm-hmm. how do you choose is there a method you go through to choose um when you plan out what you're going to do or do you just kind of you know go through a list and think oh yeah i quite fancy doing that one
0: uh yeah i mean it, at first and, and I still try to stick to it's it's a timing thing. So, like um, for WrestleMania, that one is the only one I change up because obviously most WrestleManias took place in April. Mm. Uh, whereas we cover WrestleMania in March because usually WrestleMania is like early April. So, yeah. I don't want to still keep doing WrestleManias after WrestleMania. That's fair enough. So, mm. I, I, uh, I make sure that Greg and I cover. Wrestlemania is kind of leading up to uh Wrestlemania in March uh so all throughout March we'll we'll do a few of them but I don't like to like you know obviously that's a quote-unquote big one um and uh so we we try to cover a lot of that and like Starcade. we do that mostly in December but I don't want to do just a straight month of Starcade no. because next If you do four or five starcades in a row, depending on how many Wednesdays there are in the month, you're and and then we do a bonus show, so it might be six. What are you going to cover next year? You're going to burn if you we plan on keeping this going for years, so you're going to burn through them all within a couple of years, and then you're like, Well, now what do we do? You know, with (laughs) raw, so we try to be picky with that and we try to spread the love throughout the month, like um, WrestleMania. Uh, In March, we had three Wednesdays, I'm sorry, five Wednesdays and a bonus show. So we did a total of six shows in one month. Mm -hmm. So we got three WrestleManias and then three other shows that we threw in there. Uh And we try to keep it for the most part. We try to keep it like an anniversary. Like we we try to stay fives like it was uh, 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. But it doesn't always work out that way. Like before um, we were talking about uh, this, this coming uh, uh, August is going to be SummerSlam month, but we're going to do, I, we're, we're looking to do uh, 92 SummerSlam from, from Wembley arena. Yeah. And because just because it's historic, we want to talk about it. Yeah. Definitely. And, and...
1: It's, it's, it's one of the events that I, I keep bringing up i think as a brit if we talk about you know wrestling events it's the one that really springs to mind my cousin was there i i won't won't let my listeners forget the fact that i'm still that's the one event i regret not being at when i probably could have been um but yeah you know i i i'm appealing all the time for people who have been there you know to come on and talk about it because i just i just want to kind of absorb what it was like from from it's even to still talk You know, it's one of the one of the best, whether you think it's one of the best events or not, you, you it's one of the best main events I think you'll you'll ever have.
0: 92 was a big year in general for for WWF, I think. Mm. And it's a forgotten year Yeah. because you I mean, WrestleMania eight was uh, actually not bad in 92. It wasn't amazing, but it was pretty good the majority of it anyway
1: yeah it was it was the first wrestlemania i remember seeing i didn't see it live because we didn't have sky or anything but it was the first one that i saw near the time it happened you know so it always sticks there 92 is that first year 92 93 is when i really really did start to discover a lot like i say for myself so i'm, right. I'm probably a bit biased towards that year you know some people don't think <laughs> it's much good because what was going on with you know, it it was the first one really not to feature Hulk Hogan. You know, the majority. Yeah. The no, I think that's a good thing, personally.
0: Yeah. And Hogan played a big part in so like we, well, we re- ended up one of those the WrestleManias we reviewed was '92, uh. So WrestleMania Eight, we reviewed mm-hmm. that um this this year, and it wasn't an anniversary, but it was just one that I really wanted to review it. Yeah. Uh. So some of it I'll go. You know, I don't care if it's you know quote unquote anniversary. Let's just do it. Just do it. But but some of it like um, we reviewed WCW Greed from two thousand one, so it was a twenty year anniversary.
1: Yeah.
0: And we did uh, well, and like Living Dangerously was a twenty one year, so it wasn't uh, an anniversary or anything. Hmm. But I I don't know why. Oh, I remember why I wanted because we're big fans of that show, uh, Dark Side of the Ring and in oh, the new yeah. jack in the new jack episode not to spoil anything for anybody mm-hmm. but he talks about how uh and, and it's on this show they him and Vic Grimes went up onto these rafters and we're going to take a bump off of them through tables mm-hmm. and Vic was like we're kind of high up I'm not comfortable I don't want to do it and New Jack says "f it" and he grabs him and pulls him off Vic cuts a front flip and lands on New Jack's head and sandwiches his head between him and the concrete. And it uh, caused permanent damage yeah. in New Jack. So it was a messed up situation. Mm. And that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to cover that show. And uh, also Dusty Rhodes is in the opener with uh, Steve Carino in a bull rope match. So that oh, was
1: yeah. something. Yeah, I remember. I did, I, back in the day that I, I didn't see a lot of ECW, I was reading it in uh in in a, a UK like independent publication called Power Slam magazine, I used to buy it every. Oh week. yeah, and that's that's really where I I found out more about ECW in Japan because I didn't get to watch it, but uh, yeah, I remember. I do. Remember yeah, that
0: so. so that's uh that's how and we we try to stick to anniversaries. I, the only time I didn't stick to the the strict timeline thing was last year. Uh, I don't know why it just hit me. I said. It was around this time of year uh, when when we were recording it, I said, uh, not exactly this time, but close to it, that Mm -hmm. they had the famous trilogy of matches between uh, Steamboat and Flair in 89. And I said, I just want to review those events. So Mm -hmm. we gapped them out uh, by weeks, but we did. uh, I think uh, Chi-Town Rumble was first and then clash of champions i think six raging cajun was we did two weeks later and then two weeks after that we did russell war 89 which was the the finale of their trilogy and the events themselves weren't good but the the matches were great Hmm. and the 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 news in 89 i had no idea until i started digging in because that's what greg asked me he said do you plan some of this based on the news i said no i don't it just happenstance but there was a lot going on in 1989 yeah to to cover so if anybody goes back in our archives and checks those out it's a even if you don't care about the the events were fun to talk about i'll Mm. say that they weren't great but if you want to know that's why i think we're also doing a bit of a public service because if if you're on the fence about watching it you can just Listen to us talk about it, and then, and then you decide for yourself. Get, yeah, and it's like, well, it sounded decent enough. I'll go back and watch it, or you can say they did the job for me. Uh, I know what it's about. I don't have to watch that crap. Then.
1: I've recently done a uh, recording episode, which um, so again will come out just before this one does, with another podcaster that I've kind of befriended through this one, and we've done the show on the fall of WCW. And I think oh, I, opened, yeah. I openly we could have gone on for a whole series about that. Um, <laughs> right. When we started it off, I I started off by saying on paper, when you look back at the late eighties, early nineties, I felt if you took Hulk Hogan out of the WWF and looked at the rest of the roster, the, the 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 NWA and WCW had a much stronger one in my opinion back then because you look at you know Ric Flair, Sting, Midnight Express, Freebo's, Road Warriors steiners you know I, I i don't know i i couldn't really match anyone in wwf that was better you know and yeah
0: it, it, well and just, honestly oh go ahead sorry no, i was gonna
1: say it's a shame really that the some of the pay-per-views and the, the you know the events they had paired in comparison to the ones that wwf were pulling off with i feel uh a, a, a an inferior roster
0: well it came down to two I mean, it came down to more than just two things, but the two things that I, you know, I can really boil it down to at that era were the more sports entertainment aspect of, of what WWF was doing Mm -hmm. on the glitz and glamour and everything that was more appealing to a lot more people. And I don't know, I don't know why, but I mean it, it did have an appeal, especially as a kid. Mm. Uh I, I gravitated towards that.
1: Same here, you know, and you, you look, you I I used to sort of compare that time. So if you look at um say SummerSlam 89 against whichever one backed onto that, you know, that the NWA were doing, even just mm. the feel of it, you know, the WWE was bright, you know, the arena looked brightly lit, it was bright colors everywhere.
0: The yeah.
1: The NWA ones did sort of still seem Fairly kind of independent, you're know, more sort of territory you know, driven. Yeah.
0: Well, and that was the other thing was you know because uh, WWF was cartoony and mm. sports entertainment and you know the the big you know what the little segments whatever. Whereas mm. NWA was blood, guts, great wrestling. You mm. know, matt technicians and everything, and they put on objectively better matches every mm. almost every time. Yeah. Whereas WWF was flashier and more showbiz. Mm. And the other thing was just horrible mismanagement in yeah. NWA and WCW, Jim Crockett promotions, I should say, and yeah. WCW. It was just horrible mismanagement. Nobody knew what they were doing. And it's sad mm. because if a couple things would have changed and been a little different, or if a couple of decisions had been made differently, I think Jim Crockett promotions could have survived for yeah. a long a long time past what it did yeah yeah
1: just to um bringing it to a close a little bit i, I could I, mm-hmm. I, I, I could again you're one of those guys i could probably you know share a few hours with reminiscing and you know uh shooting the shit on the on 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 this this kind of era but um i I'd like to close up before i give you the floor basically just to plug the hell out of your podcast um, yeah. A little bit of fantasy booking I quite like doing to, on, on this show. So, okay. um, you know, WrestleMania is always considered, you know, the, the the big event and everything. If we were to have a match, um, you know, match to end all matches, it would probably happen there. Um, is there a match that if you were given Booker's rights for one match at WrestleMania, past or present, you know, stars from past, present, whatever, what, what match would you like to book? What, what would your dream match be if you had that power to book it at WrestleMania?
0: Oh, man. Um, that's, that's rough uh, <laughs> because there are so <laughs> many that uh, are flooding my mind. And, and the thing is, a lot of the argument on on certain things is, oh, well, that match isn't going to be good. But it's like, mm, even, so, even if it's not good, it can draw a house. And it's something I just want to see for my own perverse pleasure, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like Dave Meltzer went on and on not to drill on him, but he would go on and on before WrestleMania six. Um, he said, well, all these kids are going, Oh, I can't wait till warrior and Hogan meet at WrestleMania. Finally. He's like, wow, that match is going to suck. You don't want to see that. <laughs> it said, yeah, but that's not the point of that match. It's not yeah. flare and steamboat.
1: Nah.
0: Uh, but I, if I could go back a few years and change things, Undertaker and Sting is definitely one.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, another one, and and again, if, if all the politics were right and the stars align and blah blah blah, Hogan and Austin at WrestleMania eighteen. Wow, that cool. that would have yeah. been a big one. Yeah, because and don't get me—I like the way it worked out with Hogan and Rock, hmm. but I don't know they. WWE's done that a few times where they're like, well, the rock was the man, like yeah. mm, the rock was the man behind the man. Yeah. yeah. Austin they, was the man.
1: They were part of a tandem. Really? I think you could take Austin on his yeah. own, but the rock. Yeah, definitely. The, the rock at his best had Austin around him.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Because when, when Austin left, it just wasn't the same, even yeah. with the rock still there at the helm. Mm. So it, and, and the rock did a great job in his role. It just, I mean, when you think Mount Rushmore of, of like WWE guys, mm-hmm. you know, and you put personal feelings aside, you think, uh, Hogan's got to be up there cena has got to be up there and, you know, maybe Bruno from his era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and if you're thinking one person from the, from the attitude era, you can only pick one it's gonna be Austin.
1: Yeah. He he made that era, really. I right. he, I think he really did create that. Yeah, his program with Vince McMahon, you know, probably equally, but no. That I, snapped
0: I've, the 83 week winning streak of it Nitro did. was them in the main event.
1: It did. Yeah. That's something I found out when I was preparing for the fall of WCW show. Actually, I I never even realized that.
0: A cheap That's... plug about that. We're covering that in a couple of weeks. So
1: I think, yeah, cool. Awesome. I should be tuning into that one. But uh, yes. look, you know, last couple of minutes, the floor is yours. Tell everyone about your podcast, where we can find you. Um, you've already pretty much told us why we should listen to you. Because, um, I mean, even I'll, I'll plug it and say it's, it's fantastic. So, you know, anyone listening to this needs to listen to uh, to Troy's podcast. But there we go. I'll let you tell them.
0: I appreciate it. Uh, main event marks every, uh, every single Wednesday we drop a new episode. Uh, we've been going since last June. So... We have a crap ton of archived episodes to go back on. You can pick and choose. And, and we drop one bonus show on the second to last Friday every single month. So we always we always have that in mind. Uh, we cover the news and from that time period and a long form review of the event. Uh, it's you know, we we throw some humor in there so it's not all just seriousness and whatever. Some shows were good. Some shows are bad. Some shows are in between. I we've we've covered everything from NWA, WCW, uh, TNA, ECW, and we even covered and this was because we're a fan of Dark Side of the Ring as well. UWF Blackjack Brawl 1994.
1: Wow, I'll be with that I, one.
0: Yes, the show absolutely sucked, <laughs> but it was very boring. It just sucked, but it was. If you don't go into it regularly and you go into it like, you know, wanting to just laugh and mm-hmm. kind of turn your brain off for a little bit, the show is funny to watch. And we dive into a lot with that show. I've heard I've heard some people say they they won't watch the pay-per-view, but they loved our coverage of it. So not to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we did pretty pretty well that's, with
1: that. That's good enough. No, I think we've got yeah, feedback right. like that. You said it all. Yeah.
0: We're And we're available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. We're at main event underscore marks because somebody apparently took main event marks. So, uh, but main event <laughs> underscore marks, right? Awesome. Facebook we're, we're at, uh, facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. And, uh, we are also, we play live every Wednesday as well on the unhinged sports network, so if you really want to check them out they and if you're, in, if you're really into sports, they're really great uh, on there as well. But every Wednesday at 8 PM Eastern time, when dynamite starts, we are, uh, it's unhinged sn.com is what we air on there. So, uh, yeah, just check okay. us out. And we're, we're consistent with it. We always got something new and, uh, I, I try to interact as much as possible on social media. So if anybody shoots me a DM or a tweet or whatever the heck, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you.
1: Brilliant. Listen, Troy, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fantastic. And Thanks for having me yeah, on, man. No, absolutely. You know, come back again. If you feel the, if you feel the urge to, you know, we can, uh, we can delve into something, do a little bit of a crossover. I don't know, whatever you want. Sure um, thing. Yeah. Cool. But uh, no, Troy main about Mark's podcast definitely check it out. And yeah, thank you, sir. Speak to you again.
0: Thank you. Yep. Thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production.